coming up. This is a real person. This is a victim and a mother of four and a daughter and a friend. And it's just an awful, tragic, tragic story. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On January 15, 2006, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife responded to a report of a suspicious object floating in Puget Sound, a plastic container. A boater spotted a plastic container floating in the Puget Sound. The Department of Natural What they found inside was the body of a 33-year-old mother named Shannon Reed. No human being ever deserves to be treated the way this woman was treated. Um, no mother, no daughter, nobody. For more than 16 years, the case went unsolved. But now, investigators say they finally know who was responsible. New tonight, three men arrested in a case that went unsolved for more than 16 years. Julie Calhoun is joining us from Seattle, where she's a reporter with local news station King 5. Julie, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I want to warn our listeners that some of the details we'll be getting into are really graphic. But Julie, take us through this day back in the winter of 2006 when the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife gets this call about something floating out in Puget Sound. Yeah, you're right. This is an especially gruesome case. Um, So yeah, it was back in January of 2006, a boater spotted a plastic container floating in Puget Sound. So then they called DNR. DNR were the ones that came and made that discovery of Shannon Reed's decomposing body. And the really awful and gruesome part of this case is that you know she was decapitated. So she was only able to be identified by fingerprints. It's then in March of that year, so a couple months later, that her head washed up on the shore nearby. What does the subsequent investigation reveal as far as when Shannon Reed was killed and how much time had passed before her body was discovered? Yeah, so the Kitsap County Sheriff's Office, they said that it was in August of 2005 that she was in an apartment in Seattle with these suspects that have now been arrested. They believe that she was hit in the head with a metal baton. They don't believe that's where she died, though. They believe they put her in a plastic container and then took her to a cabin in Port Orchard, which is, you know, farther out of Seattle, a little bit more remote. And one of the suspects' families owned the cabin that she was placed in, and that's where they believe that she died. But then they also said that two of the suspects came back repeatedly over weeks to pour chemicals on her body to help with the decomposition process um, before ultimately putting her in the water. We'll, of course, talk about the arrest. But before we do, what has this investigation looked like since 2006? You mentioned in your reporting that investigators never called this a cold case. Right. They said that it was never cold. It just stalled. They said, you know, all that information that they have, you know, the suspects and everything took a lot of time to get. It wasn't immediate. This wasn't all discovered right away. This took a lot of 
a lot of work, perseverance. So how a lot of this information came out was after she was identified, they were able to find her family and then able to get in touch with, figure out maybe some people that she knew. So one of the motives that they believe in this case is they believe that she was had a dispute between her and some of these other people over money. They felt like they she maybe had stolen money from them. That's kind of one of the main motives that investigators uh, think is going on right now. But they that there could be, you know, plenty of other motivations as well into her killing. Around 2018 is when Jimmy Kilgallen was put onto the case. He's actually a special investigator with the Coast Guard. He was called in to help Kitsap County. And that's a lot of the deputies have really credited to these arrests coming along. A, a lot of it has just been just plain old detective work, continuing with investigations, talking to people. And that's, you know, what's really kind of made a big turnaround in the case in the past year. We're going to take every uh, lead possible. We're going to go in every direction that we have available. And we're never, ever going to quit. Within the past 10 months, Jimmy Kilgallen said he was able to do a lot of more um, interviews with people from all over the country, some in Virginia, some in Florida. And that was really able to help figure out who these suspects were and that they were definitely involved in this. They had an idea of who these people were all along, but finally able to connect those dots. But one thing that was really hard in this investigation is Jim Kilgallen said that a lot of these people had moved away. All the suspects were arrested in different states. We've had the opportunity to go out into different locations and interview different people that we were uh, made aware of that had information on this case. A lot of the time when you hear about arrests coming after, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, they come after, you know, a new piece of evidence was found or maybe some new technology came about, genetic genealogy, something like that. But it doesn't sound like that was the case here. No, it, it wasn't. I know there's been a lot of cases recently, like you mentioned with that you know, new DNA, things like that. But this was just pure detective work and staying on top of the case and continuing those investigations and getting more people to come forward and connect those dots. And investigators think that there are still people that do have information to this day and are wanting them to come forward as well. So there's still a lot more out there. I mean, the case, you know, has, there's been arrest, but I don't think the case is fully closed. Tell us a little bit more about the suspects who've now been arrested in this case. Right. So it was in June of just this year that investigators were able to get enough information to take it to the Kitsap County Sheriff or to the prosecutor's office where they were able to give out warrants. So three men have been arrested and they were arrested in all different parts of the country. One was arrested in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, another one in Sarasota, Florida, and the third man in Riverside, California. All of them are going to be facing murder charges, and all of them are being held on a $10 million bail and will be extradited back to Washington. There was a fourth suspect in this case who had died since this investigation started, but there has been one person who has been convicted in this case. Michael Thomason was convicted of unlawful disposal of human remains. So there has been one conviction, but for the other people that have been arrested now, it's just in the hands of the judicial system. You talked a little bit about a potential motive here. Is there anything else you've been able to learn about any connection between these men who've been arrested and the victim, Shannon Reed? Yeah, it seems like they 
obviously spent time together, um, knew each other. They, you know, investigators have hinted out that there may have been some criminal activity going on with this group. And one of the main motives that they believe is money. They believe that maybe she stole some money from them and that was the motive in this, but it could be a variety of reasons. This is a case that has not only spanned more than 16 years, but it's involved the DNR, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, the U.S. Coast Guard Investigative Service, the U.S. Marshals, and three different police departments. I imagine that if this goes to trial, there's going to be a lot of evidence for a jury to sort through. Absolutely. I mean, this case has, like you said, been going on for 16 years. There's a lot of interviews, a lot of work, a lot of detective work has been done for nearly two decades now. So that is going to be a lengthy you know, trial, a lot of stuff that the jury's going to have to go through for three different suspects. In your interview with this Coast Guard agent, Jimmy Kilgallen, he made it sound like, yes, there have been arrests, but this investigation is still not over. What exactly did he say about that? Yeah, he said that he knows that there are people who still have information in this case, without a doubt. And he is wanting them to come forward because, you know, this woman deserves justice. Her family deserves closure, whatever closure can look like. Obviously, when you lose a family member, especially in such, you know, an awful, gruesome way, I don't know if there ever is closure, but at least justice somewhat could be served in the judicial system. So he knows that there are people still out there with information. He's wanting them to come forward. You also asked Kilgallen how it felt to be able to finally turn this case over to the prosecutor's office and see these individuals behind bars. And, you know, a lot of times investigators, when they're asked a question like that, will talk about being relieved at, at finally getting the job done after such a long time. Kilgallen's response was a little different. Talk about that. Absolutely. I initially, when I asked that, that wasn't the response that I was expecting. Like you said, you imagine, you know, investigators say, oh, it's such a relief. We're so glad we finally got these people behind bars, which, yes, that's the case. But He initially said, at the end of the day, this is a very sad story. And it is. He said, no human being ever deserves to be treated that way. He also talked about how Shannon Reed was a mother of four. And she was murdered in just such a gruesome way. And it's really tragic. And I thought that was a very poignant answer to that and very interesting. And and it helped to give more of a human element to this case and not to forget that, you know, this is a real person. This is a victim and a mother of four and a daughter and a friend. And it's just an awful, tragic, tragic story. How does it feel to be able to have taken that case to the prosecutor's office and now those people are behind bars? It's sad. Uh, to be honest with you, um, the fact that a mother of four lost her life, um, it's heartbreaking. You know, the, the destruction that that leaves behind, uh, it's horrific. Kilgallen has, of course, been in contact with the family of Shannon Reed throughout the investigation. Is there anything else he shared about her, about who she was, or about the impact that this has had on her family? He did say that her family is private and they, you know, of course, would would be happy to hear about the arrest. Um, But he just, you know, mainly said that she was the mother of four, which I think is, you know, really sad that there are four kids who I'm sure are adults now. I don't know how old they were when she died, but 
16 plus years, you know, they're now adults without a mom. And so it's just all around a tragedy. And I think it's important to highlight that she was a mother and a daughter and, you know, put the face to the story. Julie Calhoun with King Five in Seattle. Thanks for sharing this story. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the show wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, I encourage you to check out Vault Studio's newest podcast. It's called Intent, the Tex McIver case. The first episode comes out on August 22nd. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.